Good morning, and welcome to the Wisdom Seekers class from the Father's Church. My name is Stacy Maston, and I'm going to be your teacher today. Um, <laughs> we are living in unusual times, and the Lord said that we would be. We have truly been, um, in many ways, not just expecting, but we've been prepared for this very this very time but when you step into it it still it still kind of makes you pause for a moment and it it really does um, impact you knowing that you've been prepared for this time and God has truly um, done a work in each of us in order to be able to stand in the midst of the worst that the enemy can bring. And that is the absolute truth. A couple weeks ago, when I was talking to Kelly about scheduling this month and with worship and the fact that I was scheduled to teach, when we got off the phone, I said, Lord, what do you want me to teach on? And he never answers this question, just so you know, right away. But he did. He said, the fate of the faithful. And I said, Faith, don't you be bringing that new age stuff into me, you know, you just, <laughs> what? And so, but I still, I mean, it just was very clear. So um, I, of course, did an initial study to look at this word faithful. And um, then yesterday, as I began to develop my teaching more, I looked up the word for fate. Because there is something that he wants to tell us about this word and about who we are and where we are as the faithful. So I'm going to begin with the word of prayer, and then I'm going to give you the definition of the word fate. Father, wow. Seriously, we need to recognize the power that we have with the Father. Just being able to say that and know what that means for us. I mean, we come before you today as your sons, as your saints, and, you know, when I said your name, it wasn't out of any other emotion other than, oh my gosh, I have you. I have you, Father. And I know today that there's a word you want to bring through me, and I'm thankful for that. I pray that your words would come forth and that you would impact the, the listeners in the way that you desire. I pray that you would be with your saints today throughout the nations whether they're listening, watching, or not, bring strength, encouragement. Father, draw them. Draw them to the secret place with you. Draw them up to your throne room. Father, speak your words of life. We are here at your behest, Father. And we love you and we submit ourselves on this day as every day 
to your will, and we thank you. Amen. Seriously, I, I don't know where that came from. That was, that was wholly unexpected. Oh, there's tissues down there. But seriously, the very thing I'm going to talk about today, being faithful, this is how we know the Father because of how we have spent time with him at his throne. And that is what being faithful is truly all about. And I can remember, I'll get to this in a minute, but I can remember in the beginning when we started seeking the Lord. And it wasn't about any of these things we know now. We didn't know what it meant to be faithful. We didn't know any of these powerful and illuminating things that God has shared with us in order to train, prepare, and equip us to do the bidding, His bidding in the end days. No, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was just Him. It was just Father and coming and being with Him. And, of course, He was doing all kinds of powerful spiritual, spiritual things as we were in intercession and daily for hours, every day, just intercession, no ministry to the nations, nothing other, you know, the mysteries were being revealed to us, but we didn't even know what that meant, you know, as the mysteries were being revealed. We didn't know the importance of that. We didn't really grasp everything that we were doing in the beginning because we just wanted to be with the Father. And that is the beginning of faith. That relationship that is at his throne, that is the beginning of the walk of faith. From there, you have this partnership that is forged through that time of commune, wherein you, of course, gain what he's saying to you. And, you know, it's not always the same. It's not always a step forward. It's not always going somewhere. It's not always doing something. Sometimes it's just your development. It's just something he wants to talk to you about. But everything that happens in that place of faith is what you must then move forward to walk out. I mean, everything. It's not just actions uh, in the kingdom, you know, taking dominion. I mean, but that, that walk of faith really begins there in that place of commune. And being faithful is when you are obedient to the things that he tells you to do. And as saints, we know that we have to be known for being patient, for adhering to his timing, and to the things that he says to us at the right hand and completing them, completing those tasks. So we know what it means to be faithful. We know what faith means. But what is the fate of the faithful? The word fate, I looked it up on Google. It says the, the, the development of events beyond a person's control regarded as determined by a supernatural power. Another definition is the course of someone's life or the outcome of a particular situation for someone or something seen as beyond their control. You know, the world looks at this word, and this is, you know, a very, a very worldly term. And, and we know that we don't, live or walk by the world's standards or even the world's definition 
of a word like fate. When you look at the, the etymology of this word, uh, it comes from a Latin term, fatum, which means um, that which has been spoken. And that comes from the word fari, another Latin term that means to speak. Now certainly, in the eyes of the ancients, your fate was out of your hands, and what happened to you was up to the gods or the demigods. And predicting your fate was their job at the oracles or with the prophets. Now often, the enemy exercises uh, a little bit of imitation of what is godly, and he corrupts the things that God is doing with his people. He obviously imitates that, and he brings about something that is tainted and, and corrupted and twisted. But in essence, the word fate is actually something that we do and something that we believe. When God tells us something, when it is spoken by him, we know that that outcome, and we don't know what the outcome's going to be, you know, don't, do we? He says something about it, but we don't know what it's going to look like. We have, we have actually no control over it. Our job is to partner with it. But honestly, what happens is something that he does and something that he brings about. So the fate of the faithful, anyone who is at the right hand of God, partnering with his plans and purposes, and he, and that's, what, that's what's happening there. You're being, um, he's sharing his plans with you. He's sharing his purpose with you. And those things are being carried out through your obedience. But the outcome is God's. I think that's amazing. I mean, not that, not that this term is amazing. But the fact that that is the way that we conduct our lives. We put our lives in the hands of our God. Not knowing the outcome for each one of us. Well, we've read in the New Testament many harrowing things that will be happening to the saints. Some will be overcome. But our lives, that are, it's, it's not precious unto us. We give our lives willingly for whatever outcome that he has for us. But there are other things I want to talk about that had to do with what the faithful gain through this relationship of faith. It is, it's, what is one of the, another definition that I didn't give you is to be destined to happen, to turn out, or to act in a particular way. When you're faithful, there are things that God is going to do with you that are absolutely destined to happen. You're going to be trained. You're going to be refined. You're going to be asked to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing. These are things that are going to happen. <laughs> you can count on it. So I find the definition itself very interesting. And the fact that the Father wanted us to look at um, really a scope that's been narrowed to those that are faithful because we've obviously studied this term throughout the years, and we're well acquainted with it, but let's look at it through this scope. 
The first verse we're going to look at is in Matthew. And if um, you're watching, there should be a handout there um, on the website that you can grab so that you can follow along with me. Matthew 24, verses 45 through 47. Who then is faithful? Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. The faithful and wise servant. The word wise here is the Greek word phronimos, and it means to be discreet, cautious, and thoughtful. It comes from the word friend, which is, speaks of the midriff of the, bo the body, and it, it could be um, described as, um, well, I guess, I guess it's the, the ma'a, yeah? Um, but it's our point of discipline in spiritual core. The root of that means to rein in or to curb. So we actually, we actually had to submit ourselves to the Spirit of God in order to rein in or curb uh, anything that opposes the will of God, anything that would cause us to um, veer from um, the path that he has us on. But this word is used when speaking of the wise virgins. And we know that they were, um, they were known for keeping their lamps trimmed and that oil being a constant part of their lives and, sus and, and really sustenance for them. And they did that through that commune. That's what being faithful is, is that point of commune wherein you're always ready and you're committed to what God is doing and you're strong in your spirit. You're strong in the, your core place. And of course, there's many things that would, would come against that, our minds, our emotions, but when our core is strong, we're able to be that servant who is wise, to welcome the wisdom of God, to walk in the wisdom of God, to represent the wisdom of God in taking light into the darkness. But this faithful and wise servant, he's made ruler over a household. And when you read this passage, it absolutely describes the house for which we have been so blessed to be in for the last 20 some odd years. And we have a faithful and wise servant who is over this household, giving this house and the saints meat in due season, because when you are faithful and when you are strong in your spiritual core through that point of commune, then you are able to bring the meat in that Kairos moments. That meat is going to come, that's what it says. The household is an interesting term because we look at that word um, more with regard to healing, therapeo, or therapia. <laughs> There's a couple of those words, they're derivatives. But it means to make whole. Well, this household 
is to wait upon or to minister to in a menial manner or to serve, relieve, or to manage, to instruct a course of therapy that will bring function and healing. And that is the road that we've been on as saints. God has been bringing this household and the households of the saints to a place of function, to a place of wholeness, because you really can't come against that which is evil if you are walking in evil. Not that we don't have our issues. That's not the point. Perf being perfect or perfection without error, without fault, is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about knowing how to walk in wholeness before our Father and in the midst of our calling. So whenever you are faithful in this, it just says that we'll be made rule over all his good, ruler over all of his goods. We don't do it for that reason. As a matter of fact, I, I look at that, and that's just a, a, some kind of bonus. You know, our walk is what's important, and what God does with that and how he uses us because of our faithfulness is really up to him. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that promise, and I'm thankful for how he uses us. Let's look at 1 Peter 5.12. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God, wherein you stand. Peter is describing Sylvanus as a faithful brother, someone that he trusts and knows is in communion with his father. He entrusted him to bring this letter to these saints whom he was exhorting and testifying in this letter and assuring them that the place where they're standing, their histeme, that they were, they were um, recipients of the true grace of God. And this true grace, we know that true is that word that, come, you know, that stems from truth, or one stems from the other. I didn't look that up, but I do know that they are derivatives. And we're talking about things that are no longer hidden. And while true grace, that walk of grace, is always about uncovering those things that are hidden and bringing those things to light, bringing the truth to light, that is the walk of grace. But as I read this, it really put me in mind of just this past season that we were in where you know, we really thought that God had already um, explained to us grace and that we were, we were walking in that point of promotion. We understood what that pneumatikos principle meant. And then all of a sudden, he just absolutely downloaded other truth regarding grace. And I thought, you know, I do wonder, is that the way grace is going to be, the grace itself, that he's going to continue to reveal new things about his grace? I mean, that is just an amazing, an amazing prospect. But I just want the saints to know that where you stand, you are walking with the grace of God. You're partnering with him in his grace. And, you know, all of these things that we're experiencing um, really can't hold any sway with a person who's walking in grace, who's standing in their stemmy, the point of, of assignment that they have been given. You have been fortified. You are protected. And God is with you. And his grace is upon you. And as you partner with that grace and your intercession uh, with supplication, you are speaking into the timeline of God and partnering with him on behalf of what he wants to accomplish. That is your partnership. Faithful stewards. 
1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I, I kind of saw a fourfold progression here. Because the word account is uh, logizomai. So it is a derivative of the word logos, which we know to be that plan of God that God has laid out for us and that we systematically, through the Legos, we fulfill that Logos plan. So, as Paul was talking, he's saying, you know, we are those who function in the Logos. He says we're ministers of Christ, which is sonship, that message of relationship and knowing the Father. We're stewards of the Mysterion, and that means that point of partnering with God in divers' tongues to bring forth that mystery the truth, and then we are faithful. Those that are at the right hand, partnering with the plan of God as he releases it to us in every facet that there is. I mean, it's a manifold, faceted thing. You're not just doing one thing at the throne. There's just so many things that God is doing in you when you go before him and commune intercession. It cannot be numbered. It cannot be... Um, Equated. It is, it is so vast. And the thing about being with him in that point of commune is that even though you may not walk away with anything cognitive that you think he might have been doing, he has imprinted himself within you so that as you walk forward, those imprints actually come to life and you know things because of that point of communion. At the time, you didn't know it. Sure, we would prefer to say, all right, God, we're having this little, this little powwow, and uh, you're going to let me know, blip, 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 this is coming down the pike, and um, all right, I'm, yes, sir, I'm, there, here I go. No, sometimes you're just there, and it's like, you're just, yes, you know, I praise you, I thank you, you, you commune, you, you fellowship. I mean, there's just an exchange of relationship that is happening but you don't walk away with any answers. You don't walk away with any directives. You don't walk away with any plan. But when you start walking, those things just come before you. And those are things he's already placed in you that are released in his timing. So we have to be with the Father. We have to commune with him at the right hand. This is the way you will know what he is doing, just like Jesus did. I don't think that the Father laid it out for Jesus. I think that Jesus came in with his Father, and then as he moved forward, these things were revealed to him in the moment because of the things that were imprinted within his spirit. And when you talk about divers' tongues and partnering with mystery, that's kind of the way that principle works. I mean, you're praying in divers' tongues, but uh, the mystery is not necessarily revealed in that moment. You don't know what mysteries you're praying about, what mysteries are going to be revealed. See, we have to trust the process. We have to trust that relationship that we have with the Father at the right hand because it is our stronghold. It is the place where we gain everything about going forward. And boy, I went off on a thing there, didn't I? 
<laughs> so we know we are functioning according to his plan. We are sons of God, and we are able to um, call alongside other sons of God. We are able to preach the, the process of being a son and being Christ-like. We are stewards of the mystery, and we are faithful. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to, uh, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Uh, so holding fast here, we're talking about the faithful logos. So the logos of God is faithful. It means that the logos of God is a part of that faithful process at the throne. The faithful logos is the logos that is revealed to the pursuer of God at his throne. So holding fast, that is the term echo. It means to adhere to, to hold oneself opposite to. Now, a lot of times when you have this word anti, it actually means to be opposed to something, to come against something. Um, Antistemi, it means the one who opposes the esteme. But in this case, it's not so. It's not so at all. Because of the fact that it is connected to the word hold, it actually is talking about being opposite to something. And we know when you're opposite to someone, you're face-to-face -face with them. We're to hold that position, that face-to-face, -face, that panah with the Father, that we're so close that we echo and repeat that which is communicated. This is what we do as we have been taught so that we can function by sound doctrine. The sound doctrine here means um, a healthy, a strong, proper function, pure doctrine, and the word doctrine itself is instruction. Sound doctrine is something new that continues to develop the saints, making us ready for each new season. So this sound doctrine is, is released into the saints to help us continue to move forward according to his plan. It is uncorrupted. And this, is, this part is really fascinating to me. So... We know that this sound doctrine is for the saints and that he is, the Father is continually moving us forward through this pure um, doctrine, which is part of the Logos, which is the Logos that continues us to move forward um, in a pure and healthy fashion. But it's also used to parakaleo and convince the gainsayers. So you've got gainsayers here. I've got the definition. See, in this case, the, the anti-lego. That means that a gainsayer is against that systematic, systematic release of the plan of God or the systematic release in a declarative way of the plan of God. A gainsayer is just opposed to the plan of God in every way, in word and in deed. But through holding fast to the faithful word, 
we are going to have the dunamis function to be able to speak into the gainsayers and some will be called alongside, exhorted, parakaleo. Some will be just rebuked. Maybe they will be convicted. That is the purpose of the rebuke, obviously. Um, it's not just to, you know, wag our fingers at someone for doing the wrong thing. It is for the, the purpose of bringing them alongside what God is doing. That is going to be the power of the words of the one who is faithful to the Logos. Revelation 21.5 And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new, and he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So this is another verse regarding um, the true logos. I mean, the, I'm sorry, the faithful logos. But it also talks about the true logos. So again, that's not really hard to, to conceive of what that might mean. The logos that is con continually revealed to us so that it's no longer hidden. Um, see, this is such a fascinating, you know, the thing about God is he's so amazing, but it's a fascinating walk. I mean, it's exhilarating to see how these words come alive as we walk faithfully with him through his plan and in our refining and as he's training us. And oh, I mean, the hardest things ever. I mean, <laughs> some of the hardest things ever, but the fruit of those things are understandings like this to be able to really grasp the depth and the, the meaning of something that's in Scripture, to know that the, new, the, the, uh, the true Logos is that Logos which is no longer hidden. I mean, we've walked that. We understand that. And this Logos is for, is for what is Kainos, because it says that the one who sat upon the throne, he makes all things new because he is... These words are true and faithful, meaning um, the freshness, something that comes in season. He's always going to give us what we need in the new season. We're never going to lack. We're not going to be without. We're going to have what we need as he brings us into the new. It's amazing. Again, the fate of the faithful. These are the things that we can count on. They will happen when you are faithful, period. God is faithful, and there are many verses that talk about it. And what we think about with God and him being faithful is just that, you know, he's going to bring about his plan, and that is absolutely true. But the way that I saw this in this study is, um, well, he's a God of commune. He is going to meet you at the throne. Because he is faithful. That's where he's going to be when you're there. Because he is a faithful God. He is faithful, meaning he will reveal his plan to you. He's going to give you what you need step by step as you go forward. Because he is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9. I thank my God always on your behalf. For the grace of God, which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, you're enriched in all utterance, the logos. Praise God. See, the logos is everywhere. And you're enriched in all knowledge. 
even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you came behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. I'm not going to cover a lot of the things that we're, I've already covered, first of all. But I am going to look at the word confirmed. So Christ, the testimony of Christ, that, that willingness of a son to die for the purpose of the message, for the purpose of the plan of God to be fulfilled, uh, to die in order that um, life in the Spirit might be gained. And that life in the Spirit is always going to lead to uh, His will being accomplished always but that being confirmed in you that word comes from the root basis and I can remember when pastor spoke on that at the end of a seminar one time regarding the kingdom of God and that root being basis which is every place your foot stands is stabilized it is a point of dominion on behalf of God when you are sent that's what that means. At this, at this stage, anywhere our feet are established, confirmed in Christ, okay, then we have this stability. We have dominion. We are a people of dominion. And while our feet are planted in our terio, in our hastime, we have dominion. When we are sent forth to the nations by the appointment of God, our feet are taking dominion. This is the basis by which we function. This is for the faithful. This is for the faithful. God is faithful by whom you were called. So as we are called, invited, and appointed to partner with God, that calling, the thing that God has created you to do, is how you're going to take dominion. He's going to use you in those particular ways that he has designed and ordained for you to accomplish in his plan. You can't expect to take dominion in ways that other people have been asked to take dominion. Everyone is responsible for their own feet. Our feet, when God has asked us to move, will take dominion in the places that he's called us and in the ways that he's called us. So pay attention to your own feet and keep your eyes off other people's feet. Well, I don't know where that came from, really. <laughs> But I just think that, you know, this principle is, is one um, that is, again, when you, when you narrow your scope to something, because God puts his, his light on it, I mean, you just come away with so many nuggets of truth that strengthen and fortify you. And that's, the, what, that's what it's doing for me. But as I was looking at this this morning, 
Oh, and before I say this, I want to just follow up with when you're confirmed in Christ, you will come behind in no grace. You will be walking in that grace. Um, so blah, blah, blah. And I've already said that, but I just wanted to, to tag that on there before I go to this next little part. So Jesus Christ is going to confirm us to the end that we will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I was reading that this morning, I noticed the difference between right above that it says waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that that's in scripture many times. But here it talks about in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, my spirit was quickened. And I thought, oh my gosh. You know, are we entering into the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? Which, you know, I wondered, is this likened to the day of the Lord? Um, were the saints you know, partnering with the Lord of hosts and that end time battle. Um, you know, are we in the midst of that at this moment? I can't really say that I feel like we're in that in this moment, but are we entering into that day, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, all I can say is if, it, is if we are, we're ready for it. <laughs> because, because, you know, again, these steps, his plan, um, we're just here to partner with him with his plan. I'm certainly not going to go out and start declaring the day of the Lord. Um, I'm not really looking forward to those days, but I'm certainly willing to partner in them uh, in whatever way that the Father would, would have me to do. But interesting, interesting when you think about it, we are being prepared for the day of the Lord. We are being prepared to, um, to walk with him in all of, all of the things that that we're going to see happen around us. Um, anyway, I'm going to move on. First <sighs> Thessalonians 5, 23-24. I keep looking at my phone because I know the clock up there is not um, accurate to make sure that I, I um, stay in time. My mother has texted me and asked if anything is coming from church today. I knew I should have texted her and told her that, yes, it's Sunday. We're, we're having church. <laughs> okay, welcome to my world. <laughs> All right, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you who will also do it. So again, we have um, this theme of God being faithful. And, and in both of these passages, it is the faithful one who has called us. So you think about someone who may be calling you to do something with them. I mean, are you really going to be able to count on them? Not always, but God who calls you to his purpose, you can count on him. He is going to meet you at the place of his throne. He is going to detail his plan to you step by step as you need it. We can count on that. And we have the God of peace that is going to sanctify us. I find that an interesting phrase to gather why the God of peace is going to sanctify us. I mean, why not just God? 
Because we know that the God of peace is the one who, who sends us on an assignment or an mission, or he gives us, you know, directives, and we fulfill that successfully and return to him. But it must mean that in this process of peace, in this process of fulfilling the assignments that he has for us, that he is going to also be sanctifying us. And that's that restoration process that um, as saints you are very familiar with. You know, it is always that point of refining because he's always bringing you to a new point of restoration. He is directing you to areas in your life that must be made whole, that must be changed, that must be let go, that must be cut off. I mean, we had a whole season of the cutting. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I don't really want to go back to those, those days of concentration. I know it still happens. There's still the circumcision of the heart. But... I'm telling you, this sanctification is something that is ongoing, but it's the God of peace that would sanctify you. The God of peace. And I just find that really fascinating. But we're going to be preserved. The faithful are going to be preserved in Arterio. Arterio, and I know that many of you are familiar with this term, but I'm going to refresh your memory and tell you that the terio means to guard by keeping the eye upon. And we know it's specifically talking about the place where you've been planted to um, function on behalf of the kingdom of God in intercession most predominantly because we're all called to be intercessors and do his bidding in the heavens as he directs. But, but also, you know, whatever responsibilities and function you have within your terio. Um, that's really what this is talking about. You have to guard that. What you have been given responsibility for, you have to guard it. You have to keep your eye upon it. But when I was looking at this, I hadn't noticed it before, and it could be in times past that the pastor brought this up, but um, if I only had a brain. <laughs> um, but anyway, akin to Theoreo. It says that terio is akin to theoreo. And whenever I, I looked up that definition, um, because these two words, theoreo, talk about God, theo, and reo, and, which means rule, to rule. So you look for the rule of God in a situation. I remember, I mean, do you remember when, when Pastor spoke on theoreo when he called it the God moment? You know, seeing the God moment, seeing a moment and God's place in the moment. Um, this is what we're talking about. Uh, if there were ever a time to be able to theoreo, it is now. To see the rule of God in this situation. That is a sure place, right? But this is what we do from our terio. This is where we're preserved in our terio, is when we are functioning in this way. I love it. Okay, let's look at the, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. I may not get through all this, but that's okay. But the Lord is faithful 
who will establish you and keep you from evil. The Lord is faithful. And we have the word establish. I'm going to read this to you, even though it's on your sheet. Uh, to turn resolutely in a certain direction, to place firmly. Um, our, I think this is talking about, I think the word strengthen is used to Peter um, when, you know, Peter was uh, being sifted, as it were, when Jesus said that he was being uh, sifted. And uh, he said that once he went through this sifting point, point, if he remained, you know, in his place and he wasn't moved um, in his faith, then uh, this, the strengthening came. This terizo would come to him so that he could help others in their esteme. So whenever we are established or strengthened um, because of the sifting of our faith, which happens to everyone, and, and I know that it happens in different seasons. It doesn't just happen one time. You know, there are reasons why the Father does bring us to, through these uh, scenarios where we are tested, where we're sifted, because through that testing and that ex experience with the Father, we are able to um, truly minister to others who are in their histeme in ways that you couldn't do had you not experienced it yourself. Everything that God is wanting us to teach is something that we have to actually encounter ourselves and overcome and walk through. So this, the Lord who is faithful, he's faithful. He's going to meet us there at the throne, and he's going to establish us as we are being sifted. He's going to keep us from evil. I love the term for keep because um, it said that we would be on guard through the idea of isolation. Well, that's become a reality. <laughs> and it's an isolation from evil. Isn't this interesting? We are seeing this, folks. I mean, you read definitions like this. I'm sure every one of us have, have clicked on that word in our strongs on our computer, and we've read that definition, and it meant nothing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it meant what it was supposed to at the time we read it at the time, but at the time. I'm going to say that one more time, at the time. <laughs> but today, it's like, well, literally. <laughs> He's going to keep us from evil through isolation. Anyway, interesting, right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation or test taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tested above that which you are able to function in but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to function in order to carry it forth or to bring forth whatever God is doing. Um, we have not been tested so that we can fail. That is not what's happening. Trust me when I tell you that when God brought up, when, when the enemy was talking to God about Job, and, jo and God said, well, we'll see about that, it certainly wasn't because he thought Job was going to fail. No way. See, God knows the heart, folks. And he deemed the saints ready for this. Because if you think for one minute that the enemy pulled one over on him, it's, oh, I wasn't going to do that till next year. 
You know, he knows we are ready. And this testing is not for our doom. It's for our triumph. Well, there's so many things that it's for. And I'm not going to go down that road. It's for so many things. But it's for us, I can tell you. God will use it for us and for our good. So, amen to that. And we're going to be able to function. We are functioning. And we're going to bear it. We're going to carry this through. Hebrews 10, 19-23. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, the holiest, by the blood of Jesus. Why? Because the, bought, the blood of Jesus bought our passage into the holiest by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. We have a high priest over this house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. So here's the third issuance of the word true in the midst of also speaking about the faithful. We draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Wow. We are... Um, to draw near with a true heart. With an assurance of that relationship at the right hand. You know, I guess I'm just, I'm just guessing. Because I know pastors taught on this. But unfortunately, I can't remember what he said when he said it back then. And I didn't have it in my lineup online book. So I didn't have a reference. But I know I've written it somewhere. Um, but be that as may, I'll just say that. You know, looking at this term myself, knowing that true means to be no longer hidden, we're drawing near with hearts that have been completely laid bare before God. The things within us are no longer hidden. We come before him um, completely vulnerable, and, and we enter into this relationship of faith with him at his throne. That's what I see. I see because of the blood of Jesus that we have this right, that we're able to draw near, we're able to open ourselves and be exposed to him in this relationship. And then when we expose ourselves that way, it is identified that our hearts have to be sprinkled from the evil conscience that exists there. That evil conscience is a Poneros perception. <clears throat> now, Poneros is different than cackles in that it really talks about the tendency or the predilection to do something that is evil and we all have those predilections that's where the iniquity comes in that we were born with so we have the predilection we have the tendency to have um, wrong thinking to have um, poneros perceptions Sometimes we see things exactly that way. Until you've come before the throne of God and had that thing sprinkled by his blood, that's what you're walking in. And I don't really care how developed we become. 
I think this is an ongoing thing. We must have our conscience sprinkled. Our perception is, you know, you think about what you come away with from the throne of God, so that relationship is everything. But if our perception sucks, <gasps> ooh, if our perception is bad, then how we go forward is not going to work. Seriously, our, our perception has to be cleansed. Pardon me. I'm from Texas. I say that word and I also have a runny nose. <laughs> so, now we're going to look at holding fast the profession of our faith. So that homologio, that profession, is the logos that was imparted to us when we were together. It's a covenant that we all entered into um, together at the same time. And that really does speak of the saints who have walked the walk together and this logos has been imparted. We have to echo the logos that we share. We have to echo that. We can't lean to the left or to the right regarding these things we hear on the news or even from our Aunt Nellie. Um, we have to absolutely uh, echo what we have been given as the Logos. And that is our shared covenant with the Father. We have committed ourselves as saints to walk as an army that is of one mind, one heart, one spirit, going forward, arm in arm, righteousness on the right and the left. This is what we've been called to do. And when everyone is at the right hand of the throne, that is made possible. Being faithful, serving a faithful God, these are the things that are certain for us. These are the things that we can count on. For he is faithful that promised. I'm going to repeat this, what I said earlier. Because to know that he is faithful that promised, you know, you, you heard the promise, you were given a promise, and then he's faithful to that promise. Not just that he's going to bring it to pass, but that he's going to be faithful to meet with you when you come before him to give you that step-by-step -step plan. That's what, that's what I see. I, that's what I see for his faithfulness. It's not just he'll bring it to pass. I mean, done deal. We know that. In game. We read the back of the book. But how are we going to get there? I can tell you right now, step by step, by the plan that he reveals when you come before him. But it, you must come before him. But you can't doubt that he's going to tell you. You can't doubt that he's going to reveal his plan when it's needed, when you need to go forth. He's going to let you know that step. We just have to trust in that because that is the fate of the faithful. 1 Peter 4.19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as to, unto a faithful creator. The word commit here is uh, commit the keeping is this uh, Greek word paratitheme, which we've spent a lot of time focusing on. But this is our tithe. You know, what do we have to give to him? One of the things that we have to give to him is our will, our emotions, who we are, how we make that decision about, am I going to follow the Spirit of God or am I going to follow um, what man is doing? 
that place where we make that decision, that is our tetheme into him. And when it talks about the agathos, we're, we're, we're tithing into the agathos. Um, that is what is necessary and what is good to fulfill the plan of God. Because, see, you have the kalos, which is actually the good purpose of God. But the agathos works with that as you pursue those things that are necessary. You do the good. You do the things that are necessary in order to fulfill the plan, in order to fulfill the kalos. And we do this because we have a faithful creator. Jesus, faithful and true. I'm so close to the end, and these will probably be short. But these two verses, I kind of put them together and, and had I, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Blah, blah, blah. Thinking to myself and talking out loud. Uh, Jesus, faithful and true, Revelation 19, 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, on a white horse, I can just hear Don Potter singing right now, um, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he will judge and make war. And then in Revelation 17, 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So you have the Lord of hosts, who is faithful and true, who will um, bring to light those things that are hidden in the timing um, of wisdom as we follow the Lord of hosts, as we um, partner with the Lord of hosts in um, the battles that are coming. And then he's faithful, so he as well is going to communicate that which we need as we commune with him. So, this righteousness, <laughs> in righteousness, his vision, in, in his vision um, that is according to God's divine plan, he's going to judge and make war. And that is, that's who we're following. That's who the faithful are following. I've given you the definitions of called and chosen. I don't need to rehearse those for you. Um, but we have to be that eclectos. Uh, individual that is set apart that absolutely hears from him because we've been with him our identity is um, enhanced and established and fortified through that so that we can act on his behalf um, in the marketplace in the spirit as intercessors because each one of us through our faithfulness um, we've been given rulership over many things because we've been, we've been faithful in the small things. So in the spirit, that authority that we've been given, we stand in and we operate on behalf of as, he's, as he uses us in intercession. So you have to be in intercession for that to happen. <laughs> but guess what? Because we're faithful, we are. <laughs> Because I'm talking about the saints. I'm talking about the saints who have been faithful. And this is your fate. This is your fate. It is according to the plan of God and according to the will of God that called you and knew you before the foundation of the world. There are no questions regarding what happens to the faithful. It is according to God 
and we put our lives in his hands willingly and gladly knowing that anything that happens is absolutely for our certain good period so I thank you all for um, being a part of this teaching and listening and I pray that the father is strengthening you and encouraging you through these words that these words will resonate within you as you you go into this next week and beyond knowing without a doubt that that what God has called you to do is not going to be shortchanged by a global pandemic no global pandemic got nothing on you because we look for the rule of God in this. So we serve a faithful God, and we, therefore, are faithful to him. It is an amazing thing we've got going. It's an amazing thing what God is doing in us. And um, we need to be giving thanks every day for that relationship and for how God is using us and and just meeting, I'm, I can just tell you right now that um, what is happening in my house is something that has never happened. Um, I mean, Scott and I are getting along, but that's not, that's not unusual. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm talking spiritually. I mean, the things that God is, is establishing in my house, because I'm praying there, because I'm standing there, I mean, I'm basically Teresa Smith in Garland. I mean, you know what I'm saying? See, they've been doing this all along, but we are now doing this. We cannot be here, and it's a good thing. What God is doing is good through this, period. So, Father, I thank you. I release your word into the realm, into the saints, and, and into the spirit that you are a faithful God, and we are your faithful saints. And we thank you for the fact that our steps are ordered and that nothing the enemy uh, does can, can um, interrupt that or change that uh, or keep your plan from full, being fulfilled. And so we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. And we love Jesus too. And we say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.